Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the new edition, not Bell Biv DeVoe, but the new edition of the Walker AC Experience coming to you in the month of June 2023. Welcome aboard. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to listen, continuing to support the experience from the U.S. to Germany to Japan to even Vietnam. The stats are there, folks. You guys are still listening, and I appreciate that. Now, it is another great show we have, but of course, we're going to pay the bills first. Please subscribe to um, Walker AC Experience under walkerac76.podbean.com, walkerac76.podbean.com. That is a home for the family network of the Slacking Majestically show, the Out of Context and now the home of cereal and beer. Right now, we're at 81 followers, so let's get those up. And of course, uh, we are under 22 free different platforms. Find us under Spotify, iHeartRadio, everything in between. Now I've ranted enough, folks. Let's rip off the Band-Aid, pour some alcohol on it. Well, let's get this show on our road. Let me introduce to you my co-host, the man, one of the main hosts of the popular podcast, Cereal and Beer, my friend and yours, Kevin Yu. Hey, Kevin, how's it going, sir? What is going on? Let's bring the heat like when I cauterize a wound. Absolutely, folks. Rip off that prom dress. Anyhow, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Don't cancel me. Um, how have you been today? Oh, man. It's been just a tiring week, but, you know... I've been trying to get back into my fitness routine, and these classes are pretty rough. And so it's worth it, but it, the fatigue is just real. <laughs> yes, I understand fully. It has been a rough work week. I think it's been a rough week for everyone. I think I mentioned this before. I don't know if it's the sun, it's the moon. I don't know what it is, but whew, I have to remember that I'm in control of my own emotions. I'm in control of how things get to me or, or how I choose to operate myself on a day-to-day basis. So that's something I have to keep myself in check. Unless you wreck yourself. Yes. And now, uh, see, we're going to keep on going with these weird, obscure references, and it's up to you guys to look <laughs> it up and catch it. So, it's a puzzle. Yes, well, I don't need you in the comments going, what does check yourself before you wreck yourself mean? Come on, keep up, folks, <laughs> keep up. Now, as we uh, move on with the show today, we have a particular topic that we'll talk about. I will turn it over to you, Mr. Kevin. Thank you very much. Before you see, I was thinking about the classical question of nature versus nurture, and the theme of this podcast is positivity. And so... I was thinking about each side. So does nature create positive people? Is this in our genetics or is it nurture? Is it our environment? It's how you're raised. And so today I'd like to talk about exploring how to create more positivity in your life through manipulating your environment. And so it's not just the air you're breathing, well that can be part of it, but it's a lot of lifestyle choices that you have and really making the best choices you have for yourself. And yes, I totally agree upon that. Um, So we're going to just bounce back and forth. Um, By all means, uh, I would like you to go first. The reason being is because you brought this topic to my attention. And I know I like to ramble and pretend I know what I'm talking about. Um, So I would like you to go first. And then I will give either a counterpoint or I'll just kind of piggyback on uh, what you said. Sure. Okay. So I would think one of the major contributors to how you kind of view the world and your outlook in life is the company you keep. It is a commentary on a person about who their friends are and who, who they choose to invite into their lives. There are just some people out there who are kind of either on your wavelength or are not. And I think there's who you want to be has to be reflected in who you, you, who you have around you. And if you do want to have a more positive outlook in life, you gotta have, you gotta invite that through other people. There's some people who I feel that all they can do is complain and rant, and that's it. That's all they have in their lives. And I think that's a downer. I think it's taking away energy that could be positively applied to something else. 
and yes, there is space to complain and grieve and 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 just air it out. There is, but if that is the only thing that they got going to you, it's gonna seep into you, because you have to constantly play counselor, or be encourage you and give you an excuse to just focus on what's wrong and fruitlessly just wheedle about it for hours on end. And how does it make you feel? It's it's almost like verbal drinking. You kind of get that. You kind of just like. You're not getting anywhere with this all. You're just kind of just feeding into the misery, and so I—that's why I think just you know, be careful with the friends you have, and just you may have to be quite judicious about people, like, and just maybe have to distance thing yourself about people that are not feeding, you know, the energy that you need in your life. Yes, and I can, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I can definitely see that and agree with you um, without making it about me or anything of the sort. Um, it's been well documented that I used to be a very, very angry person um, because life didn't go my way. And being young in my teens, early 20s, I had a hard time understanding how life worked. I had a hard time understanding why things wouldn't go my way or I couldn't surround myself around certain people. And after pointing the finger outwards all this time, I had to look in the mirror and kind of turn the, the finger and point it at myself. Because you are absolutely right. I think it's nurture. I think it's the environment that you let yourself affect you or the people you let yourself affect you. Because once again, it's not anyone's fault that you're a miserable person. You know, it's your own fault. Because the thing is, about your self-esteem is called self. It's your self-esteem. It's how you view things, it's how you take in things. And once I had that particular moment, I really had to make an adjustment to myself as a person. I had to evolve who I am and try to focus on the positive things that surround me. Because like I said, at nauseam, Kevin, anybody can be negative. Anybody can talk about negativity because it's so easy. It's easy to complain about the things you don't have or who doesn't like you or the job that you're in or anything of the sort. It takes a true challenge, a true effort to look at the positive things that you have around you. And it's a shame that not a whole lot of people focus on the little things, things we take for granted, the little things that can, that can, actually, make us, that can actually make us happy. Okay. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, another, another factor that I think is, is kind of, um, is important is what kind of things you invite into your life when it comes to, I guess, leisure. I mean, work can be hard or not, but that's, you know, it's a mindset too. But also, like, you have the most choice in your leisure what you take in. I find that political extremism kind of is focused on negativity, villainizing the other side, saying what's wrong and how it's going to destroy the earth and how Xenu's going to have his revenge or more Montezuma or whatever. And so you got to think, like, what are you taking in? As I've grown older, I have this distaste for mindless violence. But as a kid, you know, I was all about, yeah, let's watch Mortal Kombat or play Mortal Kombat and just you watch the glorious movies. But as you get older and you realize, what does it mean? There's there's no subtext. Like, it's not, it doesn't even talk about why, why it's necessary. What's the purpose of this, of this graphicness? And when you, when you start to really invite other sources into your heart, things that affirm you or make you feel good about life and other people that can make a big difference are you just going to sit there and like in your own sphere like feeding on negativity trolling on the internet or are you going to get out there and make some real connections some real find some real caring and then love in the world it's like what's worth it are you just going to listen to news that's going to bring you down or are you just going to I just may read a book that can help you fit, sort out your issues and bring you the peace of mind that money can't buy. 
we have the most choice in our leisure time, and I think that's important. I think to bring back a particular subject that we talked about on the last show, it all goes back to the imaginary F word, which is fear. Mm -hmm. I believe that most people, they enjoy the misery. And now when I say that, let me elaborate a little bit. It's not that people enjoy misery, is that if that's all you have around you, that's all you're used to. It's the, mm-hmm. it's a basic myth of I'm the product of my environment and I can't change it. This is how I was raised. You know, it's the, I'm so used to seeing bad news. I'm so used to seeing death and disappointment around me. This is my bubble that I'm going to stay in. And if you come into my bubble, you're not going to change me because I know what's right. I know what's going on and it's miserable and it's just something that I don't want to be around, it's not worth living, but they still stay in it. Even when they mm-hmm. experience something positive, something happy, they have to turn it inside out to find the negative aspects of it. And it's even more frustrating when it's a stranger that you know comes into your life or comes into your workplace or just someone you just bump into. And a simple hi, how are you doing? And you can feel the negative energy come off of them and just smack you in the face. And I know it's a really, really, really weird metaphor to say, but it's, it's true. And it's even more difficult. It's even more frustrating, you know, when it's a person that you care about, a person that you love and that you see them wallowing in self-pity and misery and just can't dig their way out. Not that they cannot, it's just that they choose not to. And we'll dip into that a little bit further. But I, I understand, you know, how the world works. But the only thing that confuses me is that we have so many things in this world to be happy about. But yet, it's the easiest thing to be miserable. And yes, you know, government and news and social media, they can just show that all day. And people will eat it up because it's something to talk about. It's something to talk about. It's something to brag about. Um, I've said before, ad nauseum, would you rather talk about the firefighter that saved a kitten from the tree, or would you rather talk about, you know, a bus crashes into a church full of nuns and sets somebody on fire, (laughs) you know? And yes, I'm taking it to the extreme, but it's more captivating to look at the bad than it is to good. And to to comment on what you said about the mindless violence and how we're older and about how we really don't have time for it. I really don't want to see that anymore because we've been been bombarded with it for so many years. And now we're at a good headspace, a good positive headspace to where we look at stuff like this and we're like, what's the end goal? You know, know, what's the end goal of all of this? Yes, we can watch a movie, a revenge movie, and we understand it's a movie. You know, we can play a video game like Mortal Kombat and we understand it's a video game. But when it comes to real life and you see a miserable person that's just miserable for the sake of misery, what's the end goal? And I find myself asking this a lot. And I find myself being drained of somebody else's misery because you know there is a positive spin on it that you know, you know, that you can turn this around by just doing the most simplistic of things and just looking at the other side of the coin but when you realize that a person that you care about, a person that you know don't want to do it, it's difficult to pull yourself away from that because you instantly want to save them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but the thing is, they, they have to be the ultimate one to make the choice. It's kind of like any, any sort of academic endeavor. If there's no self-motivation, the results will probably pretty, be pretty dismal. It has to be from within. You can't, that's just something that you can't put into somebody as much as you want to, as much as you want something better for them, you know? And speaking of putting things to the table, um, my next point, I think, is a subtle thing, is diet. I feel that, you know, there's more and more talk about gut health and how it affects your cognition. And ever since, you know, I've been trying to take myself, my health more seriously as an adult, you know, eating clean, being conscious of, of what you put in your body, I don't, I don't miss drinking much, you know. I don't. I, I've never felt inclined to smoke, you know. And when you're 
taking care of yourself in that way, I think it's an easy way to boost your your happiness. And I don't think it's, I think it's just, you know, it's like I said, it's, I feel like eating junk food is like big negativity. It's easy, it's quick, and it's like in a weird way satisfying. But you're doing yourself no favors in the short and long run. And without your health, you have nothing. If you're healthy, you can, it's so much easier to be happy. And when you really take pride in in the, the work you did for yourself, that's gonna be really amazing. Nobody can do your push-ups for you. That's a, a quote I really like to, to, to think about because it makes me responsible for me. And that, you know, even if somebody, you know, wanted to do, to do the things that I need to do, it all comes down to me and I have that choice and I gotta make that choice for myself because I gotta do it because I gotta, I gotta care for myself. And just, even when I don't really feel motivated, I keep telling myself, you're worth it. You have done it so many times because you've, you've shown you care for yourself. Here's another opportunity. And whether you, you know, whether you've done a great job or you, you came short, you put forth the effort and that's what matters the most. And so even, you know, that's a simple thing you can start doing, you know, putting the, the effort into eating better. That's true. You only have one body and you have to take care of that one body. And it's, you have to put the work in, just like you said. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be in shape. Everybody would be happy and healthy. But no, a good majority of people don't want to do the work because it's hard. It's really, really mm -hmm. hard. And you can think of a million and one excuses not to do it. You know, you can think of many excuses like, well, we're going to die anyhow. So I might as well eat those bag of Cheetos and sit on my couch and play video games and expect the world to come to me. But no, you think of someone who is, has the understanding, has the, the, the critical thinking to go, I need to get up and I need to move around and I need to be in shape. I need to be healthy because if I don't, my body's going to break down twice, five times as fast. I mean, we understand that we're all going to die. We understand that. But once again, I think it's the basic force from the trees thing. It's the, I could do it. I could get off my couch and go to the gym and spend 20 bucks a month and just get in shape, but it's too hard. And I want it now. I want the results now. I'm not going to get them now, so I'm not going to bother. It all ties back into the, I'm in my bubble and I don't want anything penetrating my bubble. I want to be in my misery and I want it to be left oh. alone and just the uh, most, you know, asinine things, you know, that, that, that I've seen and I've heard from people I know and even people that are close to me, I see it. And it's, it's just insane. I really can't believe it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned trees. Even your literal environment, I think, has an impact on you. Like from your your living space to the places you frequent to you know your community i think it has a psychological impact on you uh, like living in a concrete jungle i think has an effect on people or like living in the middle of nowhere in a bunker <laughs> you know the middle, and like in the heartland will probably have a psychological effect on you as well and i think you know even things like really keeping your space clean and organized I think that has a big effect because I think your living space represents your mindset and that if you, things are clean and it makes you more comfortable, it brings you that calm. Your home is your place of peace. I think that should be preserved at, you know, and, and protected. And if you spend time like outdoors, it, I think that is important. You know, like I think vitamin D is one of the vitamins that I think your body can't produce by itself. Uh, you know, there's a psychological effect. We're not made to sit inside of, you know, a space sitting on a chair for, you know, 18 hours a day. It's, it's not the way our bodies are made. And when we go out there, you know, and the air is clean and the, you know, the, the water is water's clear, I think it has a, lot, a good effect on you, which is, I think, just spending time in, like, positive places is really important, too. And even, you know, as a, a um, extrapolation, I guess putting forth the effort to keep your, your, your community clean. I think that's something that really pays off. I mean, little things like, well, if you have a dog, pick up after your dog. 
If you have trash, <laughs> don't ever throw it on the floor. Little things like that can make a difference because nobody wants to live in a dumpster. Nobody wants to live the Oscar the Grouch lifestyle. And you're absolutely right. And it all starts with the home. If you're unable to keep a clean home, and once again, this is truly my belief system, and, and I believe that you know you might agree with me. It all begins in the home. It all depends, it all it all depends upon how you take care of yourself and your surroundings. Because your home is your castle. Your home is uh -huh. your getaway. After you spend nine, ten, twelve hours slaying dragons all day, you want to come home to your castle and to your peace. And if you can't uh -huh. if you can't maintain your castle, if you can't pick up after yourself and do for yourself in a nice, clean, healthy environment, then how can you handle the outside world? You know, how can you have uh -huh. an understanding on how things operate outside when you cannot take care of the inside. And that goes for your body also. You know, how can you how can you love someone where you can't even love yourself? And I know this particular area will make some people upset because it's just a plain fact. You know, we have one body and we have to take care of that one body. Now, do we have to be shredded like the Hulk? No, absolutely not. But we have to take care of ourselves. You know, we have to shed the extra weight. We have to protect our knees and our back and our joints. You know, we have to be at a certain weight, a certain calorie intake, calories in, calories out equally. And I just believe that it boils down to not being a lazy America. I believe uh -huh. it's just the America of excuses, the America of lack of accountability for how you treat yourself and how you treat other people. Yeah. I mean, I do, uh, I don't, like, I agree with most of that. I mean, there are some environmental factors that are beyond our control, like air quality. You know, I used to live in California, and just the wildfires made it crazy to know the once I saw the sky turn purple, and it was just so strange. Or like, um, you know, the mega trout as, as of recently, the Colorado River's drying up, that's a huge problem too. So there are some things that are beyond our control. Or like if we have like family members that are just going through a hard time and just acting out, then maybe something that we have limited control over. So there's a caveat to it all. However, you do have a choice in a lot of things, in your activities, the way you, you speak, the way you view things. It's a challenge, but it's worth picking up, you know, picking up the mantle, like, the mantle and, and, and going forth and being good for yourself. It's worth it. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And I think I've said this before on previous shows is that self-love and self-care is first and foremost because I can't place my energy on somebody else if, I, if I'm not taking care of myself. And that's just just that's just a basic fact of it, the fact of the matter is I enjoy my own company. I love being by myself. And the fact of my mindset years ago was that I have to have someone in my life. I have to have you know a relationship. I have to have a girlfriend. I have to have something because I really didn't love myself because I really didn't take care of myself like I should. And I believe that if most people, are by themselves and understand how their minds work, there will be a whole lot less damage to each and every single one of our bodies, mentally and physically, you know, less, less um, reliance on self-medicated instead of taking accountability for who we are as a people and just try to fix ourselves eternally rather than carry that baggage onto other people. Great. A lesson that I've learned as of late is that a lot of times doing the right thing is usually the hard thing. So making the wrong choice is usually the easy one. Sometimes bad things befall us anyways, but if you're trying to make the right decision, I know it's not easy and it's not clear at all, but do your best. Let your, let your self-respect guide you. It is something that is worth really considering. It is worth the effort. It is worth the effort to not go get drunk out of your mind. It's, it's worth the effort to not, uh, you know, not eat a bunch of crap. It's not a, it's worth the effort not just complain all day about something. It is. Because once you see on the other side, when you really see, 
You'll find your way out. And sometimes you have to do it on your own. Sometimes, like you said, you have to make that tough decision to just walk away. And a lot of people, once again, that F word, they fear in the repercussions of walking away. And trust me, I'm not going to be hypocritical and tell you that it's easy. No, it's most one of the difficult things ever to walk away from something that you care about that is a detriment to your life and health. And uh-huh. yeah, it's, 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 it's extremely difficult. And it all goes back to once again, knowing your value, knowing your self-respect, knowing that you have to take care of yourself before you do anything else. Because if you put all your efforts towards someone that's miserable and doesn't appreciate it, all you're doing is depleting yourself more and more in the end. And when it comes to the end, you're going to ask yourself, why did I waste all this energy? on something, some place, whether as I could turn around on myself and just continue to build a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, the best investment that you can make is within yourself. That's something that a financial um, advisor told me I was the when I was so scared of being in school again, having so much debt. And he told me, like, would you rather invest in yourself or just in some sort of junk bond? That put things in really in perspective for me, you know. It's you know bet on yourself, believe believe in yourself, because you still got to be with yourself, and you might as well just have that image of yourself as being your best, your own best friend, anyways. And no one's gonna do the push-ups for you. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so the six million dollar question is: If I love myself. If I'm a better version of myself, do I stay by myself or do I try to help the other person pull themselves out of the funk, pull themselves out of the misery and just try to show them a different way? Or do you walk away and continue to keep building yourself as high as you can go? I think I think they naturally co-occur when you really make those things about yourself. And I think, you know, we're, we've come to a cultural point where we talk about self-care, which I really, I really agree with. However, we need to be cautious that it doesn't become being selfish. And the difference that I've kind of teased out is that what you do with that self-care, what happens as a result when you interact with your world do you, are you more compassionate? Are you more giving? Are you more understanding? Are you more patient because you took care of yourself? I think that's the key to avoid being selfish, because we still we're, people are people because of other people, and when you build yourself up with that true self care, you know you have boundaries too. You have that self respect, saying like I deserve to be treated well because I will treat other people as well, as well. And so if people, you know, are receptive, that's wonderful. That shows they have a good prognosis for making their lives better. But if they're de- determined to, to just live in a rain, like a rain stuff on happiness, if they're that dedicated to be unhappy, then you might have to just walk away. And they may curse you out. They may, they may be angry at you. But you, they, they, all they want to do is just drag you down with them. And that's all. They want to drown you as well, and you have to protect yourself. And it's it's like you just talked talked about letting go. It's hard, but sometimes that's the the best move that you can make. Yes, because once again, another another old adage adage: misery loves company. And it's mm-hmm. even worse when you love the person that's miserable. <laughs> it's even ten times worse. <laughs> and and this happens to everyone. You know, this happens to everyone. And actually, a little counterpoint to what you said a few minutes ago about not trying to step into the realm of being selfish, you know, not taking self-care to the extent to where you're being selfish. I respectfully disagree with that because I think being selfish has turned into a stigma because you want to be the best version of yourself. You want to take care of yourself. But I believe that generally speaking, the world's got it backwards. You know, the world would generally tell you, you know, help your fellow man, 
pick up your fellow man, do what you can for your fellow man. But they don't add in the part of make sure you're okay first. You know, make sure you're okay first. Because, Kevin, I'm not going to lie. If I'm not in the right headspace to take care of myself, my surroundings, how can I take care of the next fellow man? How can I take care of my wife? How can I take care of my brother? How can I take care of my mother? If I'm not where I need to be in that particular state. So there is a fine line of being selfish versus self-care. You know, it, once again, yeah. you trip on back to the, how can I love you if I can't love myself? You know, I can't carry my baggage over to you and expect you to fix me because I wasn't fixed when, when I got with you in the first place. I think I get your point, you know? I feel like because I think we really deify those who are very selfless, who will sacrifice, who will, you know, literally take out the shirt off their own back to get to another person, who will just give a kidney to a stranger. Those people are lionized and given sainthood. And those people are amazing. However, I think I really, at that point you said, really resonates with me, saying like, when it hurts you, when you start feeling like you're being diminished, I think that's a danger sign. And it's, and I think it's okay to protect yourself because I've felt like, I, I haven't learned that because I've had a lot of luck in my life. And I, most people in my life were really giving and they weren't out to cause difficulties and they weren't reckless and i feel that yeah it is kind of like there is a line there's boundaries that's why they're important because once they're crossed once they're disrespected then it starts to affect you and then you may question the way you see yourself when you let people step on you when you let them you know impose their will on you it is difficult. It's really, really difficult. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually do it because we've all been there. We've all been there. We've, we've always had our boundaries. Each and every single one of us had our boundaries. And then we've, we've always compromised those boundaries to make the other person happy or to make them feel comfortable or to put them at peace at the expense of our own happiness. So that's why in my belief system, which of course, you know, to each his own, that I enjoy my own company because I know my own boundaries and for me to stick with my own boundaries and to me to, you know, to stick with my own mental health, I have to be away from people because I don't want to put that particular juju on somebody else, you know, and I spend my energy and effort trying to fix them, subconsciously try to fix them, you know, to make them to what I, to, to make them to what I want them to be happy and peaceful knowing that they don't want that in return so it's a fine line again like we mentioned on past shows you know whether or not it's worth it to to continue to work on ourselves and then have those people catch up to us instead of us throwing mm -hmm. instead of us throwing the lifeline to them and picking them up and ultimately drowning ourselves yeah it's it is like you know we have to constantly invest in ourselves and i think it's also not like we have to think about how we interact with other people like our roles it's it's it is foolish to try to have the the savior complex to think that you're is your job to rescue people it's not but i because the way i view myself as a person as even as a professional I'm still here. I'll give people the information, the care, the, the, the equipment to make the choices, but it's gotta be on them. I can't take that responsibility for them. They, they, may, they may reject it, but now I have to say, well, I'm sorry, that can't be my responsibility. That's not my job. I can't, that's impossible. And if they reject it, well, then that's their choice. And I, then I let, I'm, I let them go do what they do you know i'm i'm not in charge of of fixing people's lives i'm in charge of help, helping them along getting to get there but that's my limit and that is true and it all goes back to accountability 
Most people don't have accountability for themselves and for their mm -hmm. actions. And what I mean by that, for those of you who are listening, it's the same thing of, I'm miserable because of this person, this situation, this upbringing. This is why I'm the way I am. And in saying that, we're, we become so used to that, we don't see it as an excuse. We don't see it just for what it is. It's an excuse. Yes, it's horrible. Yes, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own origin story to why they're this evil person and, and whatnot. I'm exaggerating. But the fact mm -hmm. is that no one takes accountability. Yes, my upbringing was horrible. I grew up poor. I grew up in the mean streets of Chicago with this vernacular. I've always spoken like this. I've always been picked on because of the way I speak, because of the, how I carry myself. You know, the racist comments that I've gotten because of this, moving to Florida, being poor and destitute and having, you know, to go to bed hungry sometimes or wearing hand-me-down clothes, that could have shaped me into something totally horrible. But it took me many, many years to become accountable for the fact of just because of what I went through, that doesn't make me into who I am today. I'm accountable for my own self, my own actions and how I see things. I don't. I don't rest my laurels on I'm this way because of this. And unfortunately, I believe that generally speaking, most people lay on that crutch, you know, to get them, you know, like, you know, get them a, uh, a pass, a mulligan from everything else. And, I, and I'm willing to bet, you know, to bring it back to the, the topic at hand, that you made the effort to build up that environment to, to build yourself up. You didn't stay wallowing in the mud. You probably chose, you know, your friends carefully. You probably took care of yourself. You probably put all these things, you know, into consideration to be the Adrian that you are now. Well, I had to. And once again, with the disclaimer, I'm not better than anyone else, but no one's better than me. So I had to make the tough choice to get off the muck, you know, clean myself off, take accountability for myself, and just let the chips fall where they may. But I'm in control of my own destiny. And it took me many, many years to get to where I am today. And of course, I'm gonna stumble and fumble and fall continually on the way up, but I'm not gonna make any excuses for it. And I believe if more people did that, you know, then I think we, we would be fine as, as a species. And the more people out there that are wallowing in misery, I think they would see that as a kind of a motivational thing to get up and say, I'm not stuck here. I can make changes. Yes, I, I don't want to. It's going to be hard as hell, but I have to do it. Because I said it before, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be? Do you want to be a 55-year-old male or female sitting on your couch, eating chips, watching TV, going, well, 15 years ago, I could have did something or 20 years ago, this person wronged me and I hate them because they are the reason why I'm the way I am without taking any accountability for themselves. It's a very, uh -huh. very, I hate to use the word toxic because that word toxic is used ad nauseum and most people, most people don't use it the right way, but it's a very, very toxic way to think. And there are a lot of people like that out there. Uh -huh. All right. It's, I mean, that's why I like, like spiritual practices, like meditation. It gives you that space to, to consider these things, just quiet the mind and really ponder things that free yourself from them. And I think that's important. It, it's like people, like even the meta skill of having, having self-awareness, that in itself is really important. I feel that well, usually we are strangers unto ourselves unless we really do the difficult and arduous and long-term work of working on ourselves. But once you can, you'll notice the difference. You'll start saying like, why do I, why do I do this to myself? Like, I catch myself doing this thing which I call rage fantasies, which I think about people in my past the hard things that happened that made me mad. I'm like, oh, I'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, um, before you finish your thought, I'll go back to this really quick. Um, it's like the old Princess Bride line 
you know, Indigo Montoya. I've been in a revenge business for so many years. I got my revenge, but now what do I do? Now what's next? And that's a scary, scary thing. But I'm sorry, I'll let you finish your thought. No, I'm just saying, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's developing that, being able to, ability to see yourself, to view, to view yourself. And when you develop true mindfulness and work on yourself, you're able to think about, okay, what's my trigger? What's the environmental factor that's making me feel this way? And then what's my, what's my, how do I behave? How does the behavior escalate? And then how, what's, what's the denouement? What's, and what's the aftermath? And when you start really seeing these things, you can really start to think, well, what environment factors are there? Is it just like that one thing, that, that one situation or that one comment or that one uh, place that really gets at you? You know, take an applied psychological approach to it. Yes, absolutely. And I just, I just really wish that people use more critical thinking in their way of life. And... I keep saying this ad nauseum, you know, please don't misunderstand my dear, dear listeners that I am not this almighty person that has all the answers to anything. You know, just being self-aware and realizing who you are and what your value is, what you're capable of, what you're capable of, that really changes your whole mindset. And I've said it before, Kevin, people don't change. Nobody changes. People just evolve. And when you look back at the people that haven't evolved over the years, your general instinct is to try to bring them up with you. And it's the Uh most frustrating thing to where you reach your hand out to pull them up, but they don't want to go. And, And you can physically see them drowning and you can't do anything. And it's, it's one of those things to where I've gotten to a point right now where I'm like, okay, I'm by myself. (laughs) <laughs> I'm happy, I'm at peace, and I cannot look back to pull you up, if you, especially if you do not want to come along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like literal lifeguarding. If that person's going to, you know, panic and just flail and take you down with them, you can't help them. You just can't. You don't have, like, a mechanical claw to grip them. And that's the way it, sometimes you have to view some people. It's like, but there are people out there that they are making the effort and they're struggling. You gotta, and that's important to make that distinction. That they have that, they're still fighting. I like that Rocky quote, it's not about how many punches you can take. Well, I'm mastering it, but it's about how you can get back up. Because when you get knocked down, like, what do you do? Is that, you know, to quote another boxer, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched. Yep, until they get punched in the face. <laughs> exactly, and Iron Mike has some wisdom, you know? <laughs> and that's like, yeah, that's how we would define ourselves, you know? Like, I also like this, um, another quote I heard recently, that, that, that um, the master has failed more times than the beginner has ever tried. And, you know, when you're cultivating your happiness, it's like that. And I also like to think that even this podcast, even the hidden sub-theme is us trying to influence our listeners to be more positive and, and maybe to equip them and just know that there's people that are promoting that message that maybe they themselves are trying to cultivate. Yes, and you're right. And I just hope that whether it be one listener, 100 listeners, or even 10 listeners can listen to this and not necessarily go, you know, Walker AC and Kevin changed my whole outlook on life. I'm a new person. No, I just hope that they can take a little bit, a little bit of morsels out of this and just apply it to their lives. Because I realize every single day that life is easier and easier and easier. Not just because of what I've been blessed with, it's just because I can open my eyes and I can look around and I realize that what I have right now can be gone tomorrow. I realize that. But I also realize that I'm, I have the ability to bounce back. I have the ability to fall flat on my face, have that moment of despair, and I can pick myself right back up and pick myself up right where I left off at, and I will be okay. You know, and, right. and I just want to bring everybody up, everyone else up with me. 
Now, in saying that, I realize now the harsh reality is that I can't. I just really can't. And like you said, walking away is the most difficult thing anyone can ever do because we, as a culture, want to help each other. Want to help each other because that's what we see on TVs, commercials, movies, advertisements, everything. Like I said before, pick up your fellow man. But if they don't want to go, there's only so much rope you can give them. There's only so much, you know, you can do. The basic scorpion and the frog scenario, you know, you know, where, you know, where, you know, you know, the scorpion tells the frog to hop on my back and I'll take you across the pond, even though the frog knows the scorpion is going to sting him, you know, because that's just the scorpion's nature. Bad metaphor, but we understand the point of it. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and just, it's okay, it's okay not to be, you know, to be the Christ figure, it's okay. You see, the thing that I think that affects me is my cultural upbringing as an Asian American. But one of the main ways you show people you love, especially your family, especially your children, is through sacrifice. And sacrifice is important. However, when you do it, when it completely diminishes you, when it makes your life unhappy, and then it's almost you, you almost be in danger of like doing it begrudgingly, and you're just so unhappy, and you see it's almost like you're doing it because of obligation, and you develop a grudge, and so it's it's not always what it's intended to be. And eventually, that grudge becomes resentment, and you mm-hmm. resent that person. Because in your mind, your subconscious, you're like, I did all this for you, and you're still there. You're still at that one point where I've expelled so much energy and resources to get you where you need to be, and you're just still there. And then, mm-hmm. once again, it turns into resentment because you start, you start not liking yourself because, you know, because it is what it is. And, yeah, it's a very ugly, vicious cycle. And I grant it, it is short-sighted for me. To kind of you know you know like take my fishing line and go home and just focus on myself because I could be helping so many other people, but once again when you've reached your hand in a fire so many times and been burned, you know you have to kind of take your lesson and go okay it's just it's just me now and I'm okay with me. Right, and sometimes little gestures are the big things. I think that's it doesn't have to be you know giving a kidney. It could be something simple. It could be just wishing somebody a, a good day. It could just be like taking time out to send a, like a, an old friend a message. And even little things like that, those build up. And that, you know, it's the energy you put out there. When you have that positivity, it'll come back to you. It'll attract other people who value that too. Yes. So to try to bring it back to the positive side... What can we do? You know, what can we do to bring others up with us? I mean, what can we do? Do we be selfish and continue to to build each other, to build ourselves up to to where we have that uh, fruitful, positive, healthy life that we're supposed to have? And that's the hill I'm going to die on because we're supposed to have that healthy life, that healthy, happy life. You know, to where we have the six-pack abs, to where we can run five miles, to where we can eat right and do what's best for us. Or do we continue just reaching out the hand and try to pull somebody else up? I mean, what is our end goal, you know, do you think? Well, I think that we have to lead by example and that we, t- we find our opportunities. When we have a friend, you know, that says, okay, well, I'm trying to make changes. Well, we can be a supportive friend. Say that friend that wants to quit drinking. We're not going to go to bars. We're not going to go to events where people are going to be tempted. We can be a supportive friend. And, you know, again, lead by example. It's like, the way I view trying to find a romantic partner is that the things I want in another person, I've got to have it in myself as well. It would be unreasonable for me to want things that I can't, show that I have it in one way or another in me too it, it, it's it's probably it's it's a challenge but it's worth it because like attracts like I believe and just it isn't it's about 
finding opportunities because like sometimes there are people who are ready to help but then they will show it they will show whether they're they're worth it or not and it's up to us to 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 judge whether they are worth our time and effort and that's the brutal truth yeah yes 100 you're right and you know i am hypocritical i'm truly 100 percent hypocritical because as much as i want to cast that net and to help out people and try to help them become a better version of themselves i have become so jaded because of my experiences i choose to be by myself and just enjoy my own company and continue to work on me i acknowledge that and that's something that i have to continue to work on because once again you know if all you've experienced the people around you is just misery and woe is me and you are working on a positive side of yourself you just walk away from it and try not to look back and you start to see that in a whole lot of other people so that's something i have to work on myself because uh you know it's you know kevin it's hard to be so humble when you're so great i digress <laughs> i'm the humblest man in the world <laughs> <laughs> you know you know i'm peaceful and you need to be peaceful or else i'll beat peace peace into you you know kind of thing right but you know when you say these things i think that's okay because the way you're doing it you're not doing it at the detriment of others you're not stealing from others to make yourself happy you're not taking advantage of others to build yourself up you're not a gut you're not like a charlatan you're not doing these things you're doing what's right for you and it's okay to not try to change the world because by taking care of yourself you'll probably you'll probably develop the consciousness that you know, not being a crazy Karen in the world is the way to go, you know? Yes, that is true. I want to be remembered as a good person. Not perfect, yes, not amazing, not great, but just a good person. And that takes a lot out of you after a while. So my question <laughs> to you is, before we switch over to something positive and silly, how does Kevin you want to be remembered? I want to be someone... That was remembered for that was loved by many that was important you know and that's some a lot of people had really good things to say about him and really good memories and that felt that you know they had they had a part of them and that they carry on with them that's how i want to be remembered and that's awesome that, that's a really good thing and i asked my listeners a few times in the past how do you want to be remembered now, do you want to go through this world with a purpose? Or do you want to be just a meet with eyes, just kind of traveling along from one thing to another thing to another and have nothing to show for your life? Some people are good with that. You know, but I guess the way I'm programmed, I'm not. I have to leave my mark on this planet. I have to do something to where when it's time to, exp when it's time to expire your life, people will remember it. You know, you think of your, your coaches in high school or in college. You think of your English teacher, your debate teacher, your science teacher. And then if you can rattle off what they taught you, you know, then that's a positive because you know they're not here with us anymore. So they left a mark, you know, versus, you know, your friend down the street you've been friends with for 15 years or 25 years and they pass on and no one remembers anything about them. You know, as narcissistic as that sounds, I just want to be remembered. And I think I left my footprint here already with a podcast or with an offspring or being remembered by you, you know, Kevin, you that I haven't seen in over 20 years and that we reconnect and now co-hosting a podcast together, you know, just, just things like that, you know, positive influence that we would like to live on this planet. Um, as we, as we wind down, I'm going to steal something from cereal and beer that is out right now, folks, on Podomatic and on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to steal something from them. Uh, mm -hmm. So as we're wrapping up here, is there any rants or any shout outs that you have before we go? Mm, all right. Rants. Okay. Rants. Let's see. Locker rooms. Why the guy be so complex? 
who you see, they were painting and delegates. <laughs> like, why is it bad? So I gotta go real quick. Where is the thing? Don't make me pee in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, if you gotta take a dump, that's even worse. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's it's like a it's a weird environment because how many other places where you're allowed to be naked? It is very strange, and it's also a very strange thing to like that. It's just it's so heteronormative where like you know people who identify as men go here and people identify as women go there. And it's like what if you're not exactly like that? And then what? Then what happens? It is a very strange environment indeed. How about you? Do you have a rant? You know, I've been to the gym a million and one times and in high school wrestling team and stuff like that. I have never, not once, showered in front of anybody because I was so insecure and so terrified of people seeing my twig and berries. And I would always either throw on deodorant and go through the rest of the school year stinking like who knows what because I was terrified of showering in front of people. That's something I wholeheartedly agree with you 100%. Um, my rant is just something simple. Why are, people, why are people angry? Why are people sad? Why are people miserable? And of course, there's an exception to the rule. I'm not touching upon people who have lost loved ones. I'm not talking about people who have lost their, their lovely pets of so many years. I'm not talking of tragic loss. I'm talking about the day-to-day -day people that are just waking up angry, going to sleep angry, arguing for the sake of arguing, being angry for the sake of being angry. I encounter it every day at my line of work. And it just makes me just, it's a, it's a head scratcher. Because I've had people come to my business and say, you know, why are you so happy? How can you be this happy? How can you be this positive? And I just give them a 10 second blank look like a dog when he changes food. I just tilt my head and I go, what? And I literally had, I literally had a young lady <clears throat> look at me, crinkled her face. Why are you happy all the time? And my response is, why wouldn't I be question mark, question mark? And she's like, well, I'm just not used to seeing it. It's, I'm not used to it. And for the first time in many, many years, Kevin, I got offended. I'm like, why wouldn't I be happy, you numpty? You know? Why? I mean, then you can just throw it back. And I was like, why are you surrounded by sadness? You know, being customer service, I wanted to say that. But I'm like, I'm like. You also make, make a stranger cry. <laughs> I'm like, I woke up. The hard part's over. You know, some people don't wake up because their ticket has expired the night before. So why wouldn't you wake up in a good mood? You know, yes, somebody can cut you off in traffic or give you the wrong change back or mess up your hamburger order, but that does not dictate the rest of your day. And after I went, after I went on that little diatribe, the lady still looks at me and she goes, I, I just don't understand it. Every time I see you, you're just beaming happy. And I looked at her, I'm like, should I apologize for that? And then the light bulb went off in her head. She's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm like, you have a great day. You enjoy your day. And after that, that just made me think and it made me just say to myself, this is why I'm by myself. <laughs> this, is, this is why I'm by myself. You know, this is why the only thing I can be, I can have next to me that'll bring me joy is my dog. You know, I mean, granted, you know, he, he is asshole level when he takes a dump. But other than that, I can deal with that. But everything else just, just confuses me. It just really confuses me. I'm 47 years old, and I know my time is limited on this planet. And I'm trying to enjoy every single day that I'm blessed with. But that doesn't mean I still scratch my head when I see certain weird things. Mm. Yeah, it just feels the fault. It's like everything sucks. <laughs> that seems like, oh, you need to really evaluate yourself. <laughs> and, and I can understand you know, kids, teenagers, young adult, the emo, the emo phase, you know, like turning into a man, turning into a young woman and being the, oh my God, everything sucks, everything is happening so fast. You know, you adults are just horrible. 
because they're growing into their bodies, their, their minds are still developing, so they don't have a general concept of what the world is yet. You know, mm-hmm. But when you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, and you still have this bizarre mindset of everything sucks and the whole world owes me and it's your fault I am this way, it's more confusing than frustrating. And mm-hmm. I'll just never understand it. But one last thing, I like to give a shout out to you and Jeff. Aww. Yes. Cereal and beer. I will pimp this show until this show gets canceled for me saying something silly. Uh, a shout out to, to, to you and Jeff. Because you guys have rekindled my love for podcasting. You guys have rekindled my love for two friends sitting down and having a conversation. You know, you guys have rekindled my passion for continuing to do this. Every week, I do a show with myself and Ashley Majestic. We have a great time. We put out great content. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it's a train wreck, dumpster fire, you name it. It covers all gambits. But sometimes, before I hit record, I take a deep breath and I question it and saying, you know, do I really want to do this anymore? Do I really have anything else to say? And then, no shade to my coworkers, um, or to my podcast people because I love them to death. You know, sometimes I have those momentary doubts of what am I doing? And then I just click on cereal and beer. And I listen to your conversations to where you and Jeff will have a nice little laugh. And then there's a pause. And then Jeff will go, hmm. And then another <laughs> topic would start up again, just like nothing's ever happened. And... It's the most simplistic, and I mean this in the most highest regards and respects to your show. It's the most simplistic of things that just makes me go, huh, this is, this is amazing. So if they're doing this, if these two buddies are having this half hour, hour, 45 minute conversation about nothing, then why can't I do this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, and then you and I have a conversation that lasts for 45 minutes to an hour and it goes by within a blink of an eye. You know, so my special shout out is to you guys and to Cyril and Beer for rekindling my love for podcasting because you guys are just fucking awesome. And I appreciate you and I appreciate Jeff. Thank you for the high praise. That is very, very heartwarming and I really appreciate that. Thank you. So. <laughs> If you guys do listen to the cereal beer, we kind of have a weird chemistry where, like, our shout is like one silly, one serious. I guess I could do the silly, silly one. My shout out goes to Peruvian food. Have you ever had Peruvian food? I've had Thai food, which is tremendous, but never Peruvian. Oh my, I can't wait to take you out for Peruvian food when I get back. It's going to be amazing. It's awesome. It's it's Latin American, you know, it's it's. It, like for the first time I tried it, like I was very surprised to to find the Asian and Italian in, influence into it because they're like just fried rice, the spaghetti. I'm like, what? Wow! It is amazing. So, um, you know, guys, do yourself a favor. Find out, find a Peruvian restaurant, and try it out. It's great, and I can't wait for us to go to a restaurant together. I'm definitely all for it. And what is a Peruvian dish that you recommend that I try? Oh yeah. So the classic is called Lomo Saltano, which is slices of um, beef uh, and, and tomatoes and onion on a bed of rice and french fries. That sounds like heaven. It's pretty awesome. That really sounds like a mixture of that and the um, uh, fry, the, the, excuse me, I'm gonna mess this up, uh, poutine. You know, uh, mm. fries and gravy and cheese. That, to me, right there, that's the you know you know third circle of heaven right there. And uh, I'm just I'm anxious to try it. And obviously, I would love to try it with you and then have that new experience. So, as the Walker AC experience comes to a close, um, where can listeners find you if they want to contact you or listen to your other podcast? All right, Serial Beer is on uh, Podomatic, on Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We usually post our Facebooks where you can comment and then just write us feedback, and that's where you, where you where we are. 
Cool, very good. And be sure when you download the free app of Podomatic, be sure you subscribe to that channel and you give a thumbs up to Cereal and Beer because every episode comes out, you will get a notification that will go to your email. So definitely something to look out for. Also, okay. once again, if you want to reach out to us, we are under, um, excuse me, walkerac76.podbean.com. That's on Podbean. Please sure you give us a subscribe, give us a thumbs up, give us a comment, get those algorithms up. If you're looking for a good podcast to listen to, just to unplug your brain, make you laugh, make you think about a good 45 minutes to an hour every week. We are the show for you. And of course, 22 free different platforms, whether it be iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, and everything in between. I'm not gonna list all 22 because we don't have that much time. Don't wanna bore you with it forever. Um, and of course, my co-host, Kevin, you, I thank you once again for another tremendous show. And we're gonna do this again and again and again until we get sick of one another or until Jeff comes in and takes over the show. <laughs> oh, man. Assimilation has begun. Exactly. Don't fight it. This has been the Walker AC experience. I have been Walker AC. That has been Kevin Yu. You've been my friends, my family, my loved ones, people who love me, people who hate me. Doesn't matter. You still listen. And until next time, folks. We'll see you again soon.